Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 104.9 AM 1260 and HornFM.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Friday on the Horn. Text line lighting up. Says, wow, that was really bad, guys. Must yeah. have been the donuts. No, we haven't eaten the donuts. And no. by the way, why well, you put that on us? The Blitz That's is right. only as good as you make it. And y'all were late, late, late. Yeah, we had one call on the line when the gossip was over. That person hung up. And then, of course, you guys know what time it is. You guys can read a watch. It's don't have anything as, to do at this time of day anyway. It's the one segment we do every day. Yeah. We probably shouldn't, but it is defined by your contribution. Absolutely. Only as good as you, the people, make it. So don't blame us for that. It's garbage. That's right. It's your fault. It's on you. You people. Yeah, it's like, it's like I'm blaming Britney Spears for getting whacked in the head. You're going to say, well, that's insensitive. No, it's not. You don't, you, you've got an entourage. You've got people. Don't be coming up on them and trying to infiltrate the entourage to get to Wemby. You know you might get smacked. Speaking in different tongues. Yeah, so can we hear? Because here we go on this, and we, you know, this is a this is one of those great July stories, and we're glad that uh, Britney Spears gave it to us. So Britney Spears, in her statement, said, "I was not prepared for what happened to me last night. Traumatic experiences are not new to me, and I've had my fair share. I recognized an athlete in my hotel lobby, my <laughs> hotel, so it's her hotel lobby." As I was heading to dinner, I later went to a restaurant at a different hotel and saw him again. I decided to approach him, congratulate him on his success. It was really loud, so I tapped him on the shoulder to get his attention. I'm aware of the player's statement where he mentions I grabbed him from behind. I simply did not do that. I tapped him on the shoulder. Quit tapping me. I've been swarmed by Leave Brittany alone! <laughs> Leave Brittany alone! <laughs> Spears wrote, Miss Spears, that uh, she gets swarmed by people all the time. And she's got security. And my security team didn't smack any of them. Well, okay, let's listen to the eyewitness then. So compare that where she's acting like, oh, I just daintily walked up in and tapped him on the shoulder, tried to say hi. Um, Does that... Let's play our eyewitness. Let's play our our eyewitness here on TMZ to the crime. Here's what he says. He saw. does Does this line up with what Ms. Spears is saying happened? Wemby was walking into the area uh, heading to catch when there was a, a fan who afterwards we found out was Britney Spears was uh, approaching him with a British accent uh, saying, excuse me, sir, excuse me, sir, and just kept trying to go towards him. Uh, when eventually uh, he was heading, when Wemby and his, and his entourage were heading into uh, the restaurant where um, into catch that's when Brittany sort of infiltrated her way into this circle, and one of his uh, bodyguards uh, gave her like a backhand uh, slap across the face. So explain. There you go. See? See? Yeah. Well, that doesn't sound anything like Britney Spears said in her statement. That sounded like she was being a nuisance, kept trying to infiltrate. Yeah, the word infiltrate is pretty rugged there. Using a British accent. Yeah. What the hell's that about? You, oh, yeah. Why are you using a British accent? You're in a new movie coming up or something? I mean, he's seven five. He can't see you. You're way down there. You're way down there. 
That's why you got to say, do you know who I am? Can she even touch his shoulder? She had to touch him around the belt part. No, that's in the belt area. I'd have a hard time. I'm six foot tall. I'd have a hard time reaching no, his shoulder. No, that's the belt. She caught him around the waistline somewhere, maybe. She or maybe comes, on his cheeks. She probably comes right up to his, you know what? I mean, just staring at his belly button or maybe lower. She's, you got to go. Do you know who I am? I'm Britney Spears. You know, hit me, baby, one more time. I mean, you got you got to give that. Oh, that's the it? time to do it. That's the perfect time to it's do it to security. Some of that Louisiana park guard trash stuff. All she had to do was have her director of security talk to his director of security and say, hey, can I get a minute with Wemby? I'd like to say hi. How yeah, hard would that have been? Wouldn't have been that hard instead of that's how you handle it. Bum rush your way in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and with a British accent, maybe you, maybe she, he thought she looked like Britney Spears, but that can't be Britney. She's talking like a Brit. Hey, uh, young, tall, black fellow, can you stop here for a second? I mean, you got to get, you got to give him something. You got to, you can't just run up on him says, and start touching him. Says, uh, guys, quick correction, British American. Okay, sorry, sorry. Uh, sorry. British American, yes. <laughs> oh, man. This says, thanks, fellas. Because of your reporting on Britney Spears, I Googled Britney Spears slapped by a man. I was not prepared for the video showing Britney Spears being slapped in the face and mouth by a different male organ. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Sorry about that. That's the actress, Britney. That's not the singer, Britney. Wow. Uh, yeah, we, 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 sorry. Sorry. We apologize. I won't apologize for the bad blitz. That's on you, but the. You Google Britney. <laughs> is that is that what happens when you Google Britney? Being yeah. slapped by I, a I, man. <laughs> okay, so can we play this little chat GPT? I can't find it. I don't have to come find it. Yeah, die. yeah, we got to watch. We got to be careful. Did you see where you played the leave Britney alone thing? It's like two up from that. See? Okay. So now this is Bucky's new favorite toy. Where you can whisper customizable fantasies to your 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 friend. I'll be your Huckleberry. And apparently, this is an example of what you can do with this wow. new toy coming to a store near you. Library lust Samantha and Ben had been dating for a few months now, and their sexual chemistry was off the charts. They loved to experiment with new things and try new experiences. That's the voice you get. I don't want that dude's voice. Come on, make we're serious boys. We're something. We're serious. Alexa, come on. Terrible. I want to do saying I'll be your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think that's not the voice I want to hear. Man, <laughs> that's 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 too much. And it's taking over. That's what's taking over our world, Ty. You don't I'm have a, to buy it. You, you're I'm going to do with you, Ty. I'm I'm going with you. Let's go rage rage against the machine. We now. live Let's in a very take, sad, sad world these days. They can't take us over. We're way too smart for them. That's what you think. No. You ever seen iRobot? Yes, I'm still scared. I've, I've seen it. I don't like seeing it more than once. That's that's enough for me. I have not seen that. Is that Will Smith and the robots yeah. take over? Remember when Will Smith smacked <laughs> Chris <laughs> Rock in the he'll face? Smack one of those one of those iBots right upside the head. I wonder if Come that's on, how it man. felt for Brittany when she got smacked upside the face like Chris Dude, Rock. She didn't. She wasn't. She was not injured. Her glasses came off, and that's a good thing. Cause then and there we were had, even eyewitnesses that said he kind of hit her arm, and her arm then hit her. She hit herself in the face. Oh, she slapped herself? Well, because she had her arm out, and he just, again, he forearmed to get her away. 
hit her arm, according to some eyewitnesses, and she denies that. But then it, her own hand hit her in the face, which knocked her glasses yes. off for the traumatizing experience. Someone texted in earlier that the Vegas PD has video of it. And oh, good. Basically, it said it just was like, yeah, none of that really happened. You're brushing her away. Hey, would you quit being a pest? Just because w- you're Wimby Britney Spears. Sounds like, Wimby sounds like a good guy. He'll he'll make the apology. Well, uh, anybody making this about Wimby, he didn't even know what was going on. He's just walking to death. But he'll still be the one who will apologize to her. Well, again, the uh, TMZ, because we trust all things TMZ. Yes, we they do. They reported that the yeah. security officer, the head of detail, went over and apologized to her later on. Oh, really? She said, I'm still waiting for my apology. Oh, from Wimby. I want the, I want the apology from that dude who never really saw me. Looking down amongst the crowd. You know, when this story got back to Greg Popovich, he was like, what the hell? Really? Guys, what are we doing? I don't need this. I mean, this is my, my star. You're fired. People. You're fired. And <laughs> yeah. You're fired. Yeah. I mean. It's a lot better than like John Morant. Oh, oh somebody got jacked up in that deal. Well, uh, okay. We have, uh, we have some. Pretty major breaking news. Can we get to this? Give me the breaking news sounder, T.Y. Here is an ESPN report that's just dropping that, uh, see if I can find the headline. Northwestern has suspended their football coach, Pat Fitzgerald, after an investigation found evidence of hazing. Hazing. We getting... Soft. So no, soft. no, no, no. We got to get details before we can comment. But I knew I knew Ty would right on cue. Ty, soft, soft. Yeah, it seems like a pretty soft school to me. <laughs> no. Well, Northwestern is a very smart school. It's a great school to uh, to attend and get a great education there in Chicago. Plus, by the way, have you seen the facilities they've been building in Chicago in oh, Northwestern? Yeah. It's beautiful what they're doing. By the way, they're sending a bunch of guys to the NFL every year too now. Yeah, they Two, are. He's only serving a two-week unpaid suspension. Yeah, I haven't found a story with details on this one yet, but uh, as far as the details of hazing. But, uh, all right, so we'll follow that story. We've got Longhorns picked to win the Big 12 Conference. And, by the way, we just talked to MLB draft with our buddy Dustin McComas. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk to uh, to Jonathan Mayo. He also covers the draft, but from a national perspective. So we'll talk with him about the, the top picks. Is Paul Skeens the right pick at, at number one for the – uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, or should it be Dylan Cruz or Wyatt Langford? Uh, we'll get his thoughts on that. And he is already live up in uh, Seattle. That's where the All-Star game will be. The draft will be starting Sunday night. And then the All-Star game and the Home Run Derby and all that stuff on Tuesday, Monday and Tuesday, which, again, I give credit to baseball for bringing that all together. Because if you want to pump – I mean, think about it, Buck, with the MLB draft. Uh, you know me. I'm a big baseball guy. I love the baseball. But I'm also – you know me long enough to know I love the NFL draft. And I think the draft process is a fascinating thing. The confluence of college football and pro football. Uh, I was a draft geek before it was even really popular. But it has its time, and this one now coincides with the World Series being over. Yeah, well, now Major League Baseball's all gotten on the same page here in the the industry of baseball. And, you know, COVID, all this was in the works, and then COVID hit, so it kind of put some different bumps in the road that no one could have anticipated. Um, But... Like Dylan Cruz went to LSU during COVID. Like, you know, he would have been, that was the year there was only a five-round draft. And he told everybody, I want to go to LSU, so don't draft me. So they didn't. But in a normal draft, Dylan Cruz would have been drafted right out of high school a lot higher. Uh, But that was the five-round COVID draft. So he ends up at LSU for three years, where he turns into one of the greatest college baseball players of all time Mm -hmm. and might be the first pick. Uh, But so even post-COVID, I do think, as we talked about with Dustin, the the sport of college baseball is going to grow more and more robust. And you're going to have more and more opportunities to – because, again, 
Dustin talked about the TV ratings of the College World Series. Well, guess what? For the first time, ESPN is broadcasting the MLB draft, just like they do the NFL draft, just like they do the NBA draft. Why didn't they broadcast it before? Because you didn't know who was getting picked. I mean, these kids, these these players would get picked, and it'd be like, who? Who's that guy? Well, now you know their, their household name. That's right. And you care uh, who these guys are. And the confluence of, you know, college baseball and Major League Baseball. And you just heard Dustin McComas say it. It is within the scouting world, which is where Dustin lives, it's becoming more and more the way to go to draft college players, not high school players. Because, again, you have three years of analytics, three years of at-bats, three years of innings pitched that can really show you, okay, you know, as we said with, with, with Major League owners and, and all Major League teams in every sport, let them vet the players, right? Let's let let's let college baseball figure it out who really is good. Yeah, and but, the college baseball is at a different level of competition now, yeah. too. Well, and, and and you know, it's instead of us drafting an eighteen year old kid that doesn't have the makeup and it's not gonna pan out, you know, if he can't if he doesn't have the makeup, he's not gonna make it at Texas either, right? He's I not think gonna, it's, it's a win win for the MLB and college baseball. I agree, hundred mm-hmm. percent. I mean, with for the industry of baseball, without a doubt, uh, it'll grow both. And uh, I think ESPN's banking on it. And it's it, it, this, again, this was all in play before COVID. Baseball was planning, you know, you can start with Major League Baseball. They wanted to shrink down the minor league system. They wanted to a they they, you know, Robin, they wanted to get a collective bargaining agreement in place that would include minor league players. But to get to that agreement with the players and, and Major League Baseball, they had to shrink it down. There were too many minor league players, so they had to to streamline the minor league system, which they did. They also had to cut back the draft, which they've done, uh, from forty rounds to twenty rounds. Well, I mean, that's a lot of pitch players not getting picked out of high school anymore that would have been picked between fixed, you know, round 20 and 40 that now are going to go to college. And, you know, when you to listen to Ty Harrington talk about it, I mean, he's, he's not just talking about it places like Texas. He's talking to Texas State. He's talking sure. to Sam Houston. And, I mean, because there are so many good players. And I thought Dustin McComas made another great point that, you know, because of the portal, you want to go – Somewhere where you can, you can come to Texas or LSU, but they may recruit a better player right on top of you that's, that's you know, like a Paul Skeens. Or you can go to a little lesser-known school and play immediately and really play and get the at-bats and get the things you want. And, you know, if you want, you could bounce to a you know, portal out to somewhere else. But at the same time, you could stay there and you will get seen. You will get noticed. And it's one of the reasons you see a team like Wake Forest, right? Wake Forest is not known as a college baseball power, no. but they put together a hell of a baseball team. That was number one in the country all year long, um, you know, and that's that's where baseball is going to grow. That's where the draft is going to grow, and our interest in it. And guess what? As we we know in the NBA and, and the NFL, if you already know the player, well, what, I mean, who's not going to follow Dylan Cruz's ascent to Major League Baseball? That's right. And who's not going to watch how quickly Paul Skeens can go and get into a big league rotation somewhere? That's compelling. That's good for the sport. Brings interest. Brings eyeballs. Whereas previously the MLB draft was just a bore. And it would kind of come and go, and you wouldn't even know what happened unless it affected Texas players. Uh, you only know you, the one or two of the, the yeah. guys in the top who got drafted. No, it's a it's a good thing, and it's only just begun. I mean, that's what I would say. We're just seeing, uh, and COVID certainly helped this one. But I mean, the combination of everything happening to college baseball and the NIL opportunities that are now here, where you can make money while going to school, while developing at a great program. Uh, really excited about where this can go, and I'll be watching this on Sunday night. Uh, where they go because I'm and, you know not only does where we're Skeens and you know, what does Pittsburgh do and we'll ask our, our guest coming up on that what he thinks will happen but also the Texas Rangers first place team in the AL West have the fourth pick because they had such a bad year last year uh, they have the fourth pick in the draft 
that's going to be that's a dude. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's a dude right there. Because if you're if it's consensus to tell us you kids are going off the board one two, okay, well you're not getting them. But then Wyatt Langford is pretty much the consensus third pick. Well, guess what? You get the next guy, which it could be the best high school talent. You know, whether you, they go there or not, could be another one of these top end college players. I'll be interested to uh, get the thoughts of our our next guest coming up on how this might play out on Sunday, and you know, could could affect the Rangers. Because think about this with the Rangers: if you already have the deepest farm system in baseball, and the fourth pick where you can add a dude, well, now you're. You know, I talked about this the other day. I mean, you could get into the Shohei Otani conversation. True. I mean, you know, if you're, I know they're in your division. And most people are still saying on July 7th that they're not going to trade Otani, but the closer we get to the end of July and the further they are to, uh, they are out of the AL West race and even the wild card race with Mike Trout's injury and Anthony Rendon being hurt and even Otani himself, you know, I, I, I'm the one saying the Rangers should get involved with that. I haven't, heard that, I haven't seen that thrown around anywhere else. But the Rangers would have a team, as we've said, that's in that perfect window of we can try to win one now. You know, we we, we can get... Otani now, and even if it's a rental, we can go win the World Series this year. With this team, you add the best player in the planet to that team, man, uh, sky's the limit for what they can be. And then, you know, do you have the money ownership-wise to, to re-up him? But the one thing you do— Oh, no, if you win, you're going to re-up him. Correct. And now You're you going to have the money. And you have Otani now in a, in a winning environment where that's what he wants to do right now, where he goes, he wants to win championships, he wants to play important games— uh, and the other thing that's very very important is the Rangers have a deep and full farm system. They're about to take another another piece that they can include in a because in a, that's what it's going to take for the Angels to trade him is a bevy of young talent. Um, you know, and, and and think about it this way with the Rangers, close to the majors talent is what the Angels the Angels would want really high end ceiling talent, but they'd also want some guys that are pretty close to the major leagues right now. The Angels would well, the Rangers have that. I mean, as we've talked about, the way they built their team was through bringing new players in, right? They Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, uh, Josh Young was was developed through their system as a draft pick, but they traded for Jonah Heim. Um, they they made a trade for Nathaniel Lowe. Uh, you know, they, so these guys aren't going anywhere, right? So when we say high end minor league talent, well, where are those guys going to go at the minor league level? They've got nowhere to go. I mean, there's no room to move up for them because you've got a young third baseman, stud shortstop, stud second base, got gas stud for catcher. Years. And for years to come. So you're like, okay, well, we can actually afford to give up some of this talent that the Angels would covet. And we're going to have to face that talent in our own division, but we're going to get Shohei Otani. And maybe go win a World Series. And then we see if we can re-sign Otani after that. How about that? I, to me, that's how, if I'm the Rangers, that's how I'd be thinking at this point. Uh, new ballpark, rabid fan base that's getting more and more excited, a chance to dethrone the Astros. Uh, your your in state rival. Well, at least you're in the talks with them because if not, they're not going to get rid of him. I I still just don't see it. I I just think the more and more it comes to yeah. to the end of the month, and if they're getting further, in, that'll be the big question. If they hang around and they're still in that wild card race, there's no way. But that's also added to the fact with the Angels that Artie Moreno, their owner, put the team up for sale and then took it off the market. Remember, like he announced he was going to sell the team, and then all of a sudden he said, "I'm not going to sell the team." But where does that stand? At this point, uh, there are some think that he's he's going to sell the team. Now, can you sell the team for more or less if you don't have Shohei Otani or if you do? There are some who would argue get rid of Otani so you can sell the team at a better – But because if you re-sign Shohei Otani to the 600 or $700 million contract you've got to sign him to to keep him because uh, he's a two-way player, an elite two-way player, 
you know, who are you going to sell the team to? Uh, again, that, that's all, everything's in play. There's a lot happening there uh, with the LA Angels. I just think the, as I look around for teams, it's the Rangers who make the most sense if they would be even be interested in going there. And as I mentioned to you yesterday, you wonder if the Jacob deGrom signing and then injury would be a big impediment to that to the Rangers, that they've already invested so much money in a guy who's already hurt, who won't be back for two years. Uh, but, man, I, I'd be thinking, let's go do this thing. Let's go win a World Series right now. Because you put Otani on that team. Yeah, because the Angels aren't going anywhere. No. I mean, you, the, the Rays are the best team in the American League right now. Uh, the Yankees are still without Aaron Judge. The Braves are the best team in baseball. But you take that team with six all-stars already and take and add the best player who's going to help your starting pitching and your everyday lineup in a huge way. I mean, come on. Uh, I'm an Astros fan, so I don't want this to happen. But if I'm a Ranger uh, owner, I'd be thinking this way. I'd give up an awful lot to get him. That's for sure. Yeah. If I got it to give, yes. Well, this is one man does not make the difference. I'm not saying he does. This is already a really good team. This is already really, really, really a good team. And think about if you added Shohei Otani, what's the biggest Achilles heel of the Rangers? Bullpen. Well, Dane Dunning could slide right back into the bullpen, to, who's been rock solid as a starter. You'd have to think about that, but he would give you an option to become your top middle reliever uh, to, to fill one of your – so you, acquiring Otani would obviously give you one of the best pitchers in baseball, one of the best hitters in all of baseball – to to add to the look, the Rangers already have the best offense in all. That's of what I was going to say. They would score so many damn runs. Yeah, they've already lead the world in run score and double digit run games. They need to shore up their pitching. Otani would do both and add another just potent bat to a great lineup. Uh, and again, they have the minor league firepower, I think, to go do it potentially. All right, we'll come back uh, when we do. We'll talk more MLB in the draft. We're going live to Seattle, live to Seattle to get the uh, the very very latest from there. We'll also. Uh, Get cranked up with you on the Longhorns being picked to win the Big 12 Conference for the first time since the Big 12 went to a divisionless format. Are those expectations too hot, too cold, or right on cue? We'll debate. It's Beanie on the Horn. It's Bucky and Aaron. The Dodger fans mad at me. He says, get off the drunk high horsey. Come on down. He's going to the Dodgers. Stop it with Texas. Like I just said, if you would clean your ears, I said, I'm not hearing anyone else talk about the Rangers being in the mix, and maybe the Rangers aren't. I'm making the argument that they should be. Because he says, well, what would they give up? They give up a lot. Right. They've got the deepest farm system in the league, and they have the fourth pick in the draft. And why not? Go for it. I mean, if you're a Ranger fan, would you be against it? I mean, I know you've been stockpiling your farm system, but at the same time, to add a Shohei Otani to your team, and again, this is completely radio speculation because I don't know that the right. Angels would trade him in, in their own division at this point. Uh, but the Rangers, again, have pieces. They've got a big, deep-pocketed ownership group, a new ballpark, a team that's built to win now, but also because they, they're so well-built at the top, their farm, their top farm players you know, aren't going to be moving up to the big leagues anytime soon. And he's a, he's a once-in-a-lifetime player. Uh, I don't know. I just I don't. I understand the Dodgers are the front runners, and everybody talks about the Dodgers for Shohei. If even if the Angels decide they want to trade him, um, but boy, I, I, that's I hard to even see doing it in the same town. Right. I mean, you're going to trade him across town. I mean, he may end up signing with the Dodgers eventually, but we'll see. I don't think it's a crazy crazy idea. But I 
I've been accused of being crazy before. Hey, look who it is. Let's go to the Vaqueros hotline. We talk baseball right into more baseball. He's a senior reporter for MLB.com. He's covering that MLB draft and the MLB All-Star game out in Seattle. Uh, Jonathan Mayo is with us on the, uh, the, the Vaqueros hotline. Jonathan, how are you? Uh, a little jet lag, but I'm doing all right. Oh, when did you get into the uh, to the Great Northwest? I uh, flew in yesterday morning, so I had one of those, you know, up for 21 straight hour kind of weird days. But I, I, I'm good to go. You flew. Where did you fly in from? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. That's right. You're you're Pittsburgh based, and uh, looking forward to this draft. Well, I mean, let's start with that, Jonathan. The uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates own the number one pick in the draft on Sunday. And uh, obviously they have a decision to make. Any any thought on where they're going to go? Dylan Cruz is the best position player in the draft from LSU. And, and Paul Skeens, of course, one of the best you know college pitching prospects to come online in a long time. How do you think that plays out? You know, I, I think we're not going to know until we hear the name. You know, the if, if history tells us anything, the Pirates didn't decide on taking Henry Davis in 2021 until about 10 minutes before they made the pick and they were working it, you know, up until that time. And this is a different year that year. There wasn't a, you know, a clear cut choice this year. There are multiple clear cut choices. So I, I think, you know, uh, I had a new mock draft uh, that is up there now and I had them taking Paul Skeens. Uh, there's nothing certain. There's a lot of buzz uh, around the industry that they won't take Dylan Cruz. Uh, so I went with the next best guy, but I think there's still a chance that they could take Florida outfielder Wyatt Langford or even high school outfielder Max Clark, you know, depending on on the, the money savings on whatever deal they can work out ahead of time. Well, that's an interesting call. I mean, there are some who believe, and I'd get your thoughts on this, where the, the, the Paul Skeens, uh, gosh, Texas fans here in Austin saw him pitch when he was still at Air Force, and the Longhorns played them in a regional uh, here in Austin, or a super regional here in Austin, and he was a heck of a talent then. But, you know, a year we're focusing on pitching at LSU. Some say he could help a uh, major league team, um, you know, immediately uh, in their rotation and, and, you know, just walk right in. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people who think that he could get big league hitters out right now. You know, I, I don't think any team taking him will do that, you know, right out of the gate. Uh, you know, just because of the amount that he threw, he already surpassed any innings amount that he'd, he'd gone to. So I think – It'll be next year, but I think he's the kind of guy, sort of like Steven Strasburg in his first year, he started, he started him out in double A and let him pitch his way to the big leagues quickly. You know, and I think it took Strasburg a month or two, and then he was up in Washington. So I think it could be a similar path for him. So you would get a very quick turnaround impact from him. And to be honest, you know, Dylan Cruz also probably could start in double A and could be the kind of guy who hits his way to the big leagues quickly. Look, you know, uh, I mean, the Angels rush guys to the big leagues, but Zach Nato, their first-round pick from last year, is more than holding his own as a major leaguer now. So uh, there's nothing to say that if he took the perceived best bat uh, that he couldn't get there almost as quickly. He is Jonathan Mayo. You can find him on Twitter at Jonathan Mayo, M-A-Y-O. He's a MLB.com and also MLBpipeline.com. Uh, doing great work, and he's in Seattle already for this All-Star weekend. Are you a fan that uh, Major League Baseball, I, I was given MLB credit for, for finally bringing this draft in together with another big part of the baseball season, which is the, the Midsummer Classic and the All-Star weekend, kind of putting it center stage as part of everything that will go on over the week in Seattle? I, you know, I have sort of mixed feelings about it. I think it does, it does shine a, a, a larger spotlight on the draft, which I think is great. It, it, it makes an event. You know, the last couple of years, it's gotten better and better. I'm looking forward to, 
to seeing what, what it looks like this year. It's being held at Lumen Field where the Seahawks play. Um, so I, I think all that is, is fun. My, in, my internal baseball clock, which had been used to June for so many years, still <laughs> hasn't quite recalibrated. And I know a lot of people in the scouting industry are kind of like, all right, well, the season ends, and then you're just sitting and waiting uh, for a month. Uh, but I, in, in terms of sort of selling baseball and selling the next generation of stars, it, it's, a, it's a really good thing. Certainly is, and the All Star Game is Tuesday. Draft starts on Sunday, and I, I think we're, it's right. The first round is it's the first thirty nine or forty picks, and then they'll draft into Monday as well. But uh, household names at the top. Uh, any projection? I know you guys have the mock draft out there at MLB Pipeline. Uh, Texas Rangers in first place, but also sitting with the fourth pick in this draft. They have a chance to take a real, real difference maker for their organization. Uh, what's your projection of what the Rangers are going to do in the top five? Yeah, and obviously some of that depends on what happens at one. Uh, but let's just go for the sake of argument that some order of Paul Skeens, Dylan Cruz, and Wyatt Langford go one, two, three, uh, which is a strong possibility, and I had them going in that order. Then I think uh, the, the choice for the Rangers is largely going to be between the two high school outfielders. It's Walker Jenkins from North Carolina and Max Clark, who is from Indiana. And my understanding is that they have proponents within, you know, the, the Rangers draft room. They both do. So it might be a spirited debate, uh, you know, if, if that's how it goes down. You know, now if the Pirates kind of go, quote-unquote, off the board a little bit, let's say they take Max Clark, that might drop one of the college bats down to the Rangers to consider instead. And that would be the only thing that would be, you know, a sort of difference. But right now, uh, you know, there's a clear top five, those top five in this class, and the Rangers are kind of in, in, in a really good spot because they can just react to what happens ahead of them and pick you know, whoever the best player is. Uh, Jonathan Mayo with us. I know we've already gotten some texts about, uh, hey, the uh, can you trade picks? Could the Rangers trade the pick? You can remind our audience, you, you're not allowed to trade draft picks. That's correct? That That is correct. You you uh, There are some picks that you can trade prior to the draft, but only like the you know, the competitive balance round, like, like the compensation picks. You can't trade your first rounder. Uh, I think it would be great if you could trade your picks. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's, there's a general reluctance, uh, I, I think, uh, among the powers that be that people might kind of punt the draft. Um, and one, I don't think that would happen. And two, if that's what a team wants to do, then that's what a team wants to do. You know, I, I don't, I don't know that you can force a team to do a thing or not do a thing, but I really don't think anyone's going to do that. <laughs> it's sort of just like when they, they introduced this bonus pool system and there was this fear that the teams weren't going to spend their bonus pool money and they all spend all of their bonus pool money. They can just move it around, but yeah, you can't, you cannot trade the pick. So the Rangers are just going to have to settle for getting a really, really talented player instead. <laughs> That's right. Hey, real quick, because uh, we'll all sit back and see how it falls. And as you said, the Rangers are in a good spot. Uh, if indeed the the top three college players are off the board with Paul Skeens and then Dylan Cruz and Wyatt Langford, the Florida outfielder, Rangers, you have taking Max Clark from uh, you know Franklin, Indiana. What makes him the best high school prospect in this draft? I think there's an argument between him and Walker Jenkins. Uh, Max Clark does have the greatest full assortment of tools. Walker Jenkins probably has a little more power, but uh, Max Clark. Uh, you know, does everything really, really well. He can really play center field. Um, he plays with a lot of passion and a lot of confidence. Uh, and I think he 
you know, he wants to be the best player from this draft class and that's going to fuel him. Uh, and, and, you know, both of them are extremely talented. Walker Jenkins took a really good step forward this year. Cause he looked kind of like an outfield corner and he, he, he is faster. He's stronger. So now it looks like he can play center with a really good power profile. So I, like I said, I think in, it's going to be a spirited debate, even within the Rangers room over like who is the better prospect. It's, it's kind of, splitting hairs there's not very much separating the two of them interesting too a couple picks later the athletics you have taking the uh the tcu third baseman Braden taylor we got to see a lot of him in big 12 country um you know that would be an interesting pick to see the tcu uh hot corner guy go that high yeah they, you know there's a lot of college bats for the a's there and it could be any of a number of them i think with someone like taylor uh he kind of would he does well in in their model and a lot of teams use their models to to pick you know, college players, the power profile is, is interesting. And they probably would save a little money uh, and, and then be able to spread it around later on if they if they so chose. But Braden Taylor is one of several college uh, hitters that seem to be in play for them at six. Jacob Wilson, you know, at Grand Canyon. Um, Kyle Teal from the Virginia catcher. If they wanted to go pitcher, Rhett Louder from Wake Forest. And people saw him pitch in the College World Series. Uh you know, all are sort of being talked about there. So I'll do one more. My colleague Jim Kyle will also do one more mock late Saturday night into Sunday morning, and that's when we hope to get it right. But often these decisions don't get made until the 11th hour. Jonathan, what is it about Louder that, that holds him back just a little bit from being in that top two, top three guys? It, it, it's just a pure stuff profile. Uh, you, you know, I think that he he was a guy who was sort of lower down uh, in the first round, he kind of passed Chase Dolander by just because Dolander, Dolander's pure stuff is better, the Tennessee right-hander, but he really had a, a, an up-and-down year. And so if someone's going to take him, you have to think, all right, well, we can fix him in Pro Bowl, but the stuff is really, really good. Louder, you know, is one of these sort of college performers. He just goes and gets it done. You can tell he's a real competitor. Mm-hmm. It's not like he had terrible stuff, but he's not. it's not that, like, wow. His only plus pitch is his changeup which is right. really, really, really good. Um, but, uh, and it's one of, one of the best in, in, all, in all of college baseball. Uh, the fastball is like it's kind of a sinking fastball. It's more around 92 to 95. Uh, doesn't miss a ton of that. He's more a ground ball guy. So it's like you look at him, you're like, I think he's going to be really good, but maybe he's a number three starter number four starter. I mean, that's, you know, you you pick these guys apart when you're talking about taking them in the top 10. Um, Now there may be more to unlock. You know, we, we've certainly seen a lot of college guys enter pro ball. Uh, You know, George Kirby didn't throw as hard as he does now. And Rhett Lauder isn't as big. Uh, Shane Bieber was a command and control guy. So, you know, there's plenty to like, and that's why he's being talked about in the top 10. Also a guy who probably wouldn't take very long to move through a system and get to the Bay Leagues. Uh, Good stuff right there. Hey, real quick, uh, the Astros is the world champs draft last in the first round, pick 28, and uh, you guys have them taking somebody, another, uh, you know, player we saw for Texas fans, the University of Miami third baseman, Yo-Yo Morales, uh, Yohandi Morales. But, man, what a power display he put on. Longhorn saw that up close and personal. That would be an interesting pick, too, for Houston down at the bottom of the first round. Yeah, I think they would be thrilled to get him. His name is mentioned. There are a bunch of teams in, in like, the teens and early 20s that we were hearing a lot of like good college hitters, college hitters. And I'm always surprised that Morales isn't 
at near the top of the list. And I don't know if they think eventually he's, you know, a first baseman only, uh, but he certainly produced this year. And usually guys who produce like that in a, in a power conference like that, you know, end up getting drafted pretty high. So it wouldn't shock me if he went ahead of where the Astros pick, but I do know that the Astros really do like him and and would be interested in, in drafting him if he were, if he were available still at, at 28. Interesting. And the Astros have a new general manager in Dana Brown who came from Atlanta, and he's known for his uh, prowess at this time of year in the draft. And uh, Astros love Pope, and he, he brings that to them. Uh, also from the uh, the Lone Star State, Blake Mitchell is a catcher from Sinton, Texas. Uh, uh, former Longhorn Adrian Alanis is the head coach there, so we know him well. But Blake is the number one high school catcher, and you have him to the Mariners at 22. He is one of the toughest guys to, to place, you know, based on pure tools. Uh, and offensive upside, he could go a lot higher. There's a chance he goes as high as number eight to the Royals. Um, that would be a little bit of a money-saving deal kind of thing. But the the one thing that makes it difficult is that high school catching is is a really risky demographic, almost as risky as high school pitching. <laughs> uh, it's just you know, there's so much to learn, um, and you know there's a track record of high school catchers who never quite get there. Um, you know, so he could go as high as eight and then he could go out of the first round in the comp round, you know, to a team with multiple picks. Um, I think a team that gets him in, in, you know, later on, if that's where he goes, might end up getting, you know, getting a a big steal. And and the Mariners took Harry Ford, who was a high school catcher a couple of years ago. He's going to be in the futures game. So they're not, they're not afraid of dipping into that pool. You know, so we'll kind of have to wait and see, but he's, He's been one of those guys that it's just really hard because you look at you look at what he could do offensively, and he's got a chance to be a good catcher. And you're like, boy, he should go higher. But people are a little nervous about that demographic. Yeah, the past history for sure. Uh, our last thing that we'll we'll ask you with the uh, uh, the Travis Sakura, the kid from Round Rock, right north of where we are right now. He I don't see him in your top thirty nine. Um, you know, there's there's projection on him. He might be the hardest throwing high school pitcher with the, the triple digits velocity. Uh, he is committed to the University of Texas. Uh, you know, where do we see him coming off the board? Yeah, I mean, he he has a chance to end up having three plus pitches. Uh, again, that that high school right handed pitching demographic is really tough, and he is good enough to go say in the end of the first round. He could go in the comp round. I think it's going to be one of these teams that has multiple picks. So even if he doesn't go until the second round, he's probably going to get paid like a first rounder. Uh, you know, so people shouldn't, people in Texas who have read about him or, or seen stuff about him should be like, well, why is he, why is he falling? Uh, you know, a lot of it's going to be about these teams using their bonus pool money. So like if a team like, you know, the Seattle Mariners have a bunch of picks and uh, they not a big high school pitching team, but you know, a team like that, the Cincinnati Reds have an extra pick. Uh, like he's the kind of guy that could go, or even the Pirates, because they have such a huge bonus pool by having that number one pick, and then they have a comp pick later on. Uh, they, even if they take one of the the best guys, they probably could still take Sakura at the top of the second round and make that work. So uh, I don't expect him to make it to to campus in the fall. I think he will get drafted. Uh, early enough and paid well enough for him to be in his pro career. 
Awesome. Hey, he is Jonathan Mayo. He's a must-follow for MLB fans and MLB Pipeline. Uh, you see him on MLB Network and read him on MLB Network. And he is in Seattle with a little bit of jet lag, but ready for the big week, weekend right. and into the All-Star game. Hey, last thing, Jonathan, any you heard us maybe talking on the way in about uh, about uh, Shohei Otani. Where are you on will he be traded or not, just as a baseball, someone who covers the game? Any chance the Angels make a move here at the end of the month? Uh, I think Mike Trout's injury makes that more uh, more of a possibility. I, I, I thought maybe they would try to hold on to him if they were, were competing, but I, I think there's a, uh, a growing chance that he gets dealt somewhere, yes. Very interesting. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank Enjoy you. the week, and we'll check in again thank another you. time. Oh, wait. Sure, thank you. I wanted you to promote your book, too, by the way. I mentioned I, yes. I, we, you and I talked oh. about that. Uh, you have a new book coming out for baseball fans. It's a must-read. Can you tell tell us about it and where to get it? Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's called Smart, Wrong, and Lucky, The Origin Stories of Baseball's Unexpected Stars. Uh, you can order it anywhere there, there you can find books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It'll be uh, officially released on Tuesday. If people are listening and they're going to be in Seattle for all-star festivities, I'm actually doing a book signing event, so keep an eye out on Twitter for that. But um, it basically looks at guys who are kind of underappreciated as amateurs, uh, undervalued, uh, late-round picks, uh, you know, I talk to a lot of scouts on a regular basis for my job, and they're great storytellers, and they all have stories of, you know, guys they pounded the table for, you know, they saw something in. So it's a lot of times talking to players, a lot of times it's talking to the scouts and kind of telling their origin stories of how they got drafted and signed. So, you know, Albert Pujols is probably the, the one that most people know about, you know, as a you know 13th round pick out of junior college, and uh, obviously no one knew he was going to become a, a Hall of Famer. More locally, for you guys, there is a chapter on Ian Kinsler, um, you know, who uh, was a 17th round pick and ended up actually being arguably the most productive player in his draft class. Awesome. Jonathan Mayo, the book is Smart, Wrong, and Lucky, The Origins of Baseball's Unexpected Stars, uh, out on Tuesday. Uh, Pick that up from us. A must-read for baseball fans here in the summertime, summer reading right there. Jonathan, thanks, thanks again. Thanks so much. Thanks for your time. Thank you, guys. Take care. All right, there you go. Uh, that's the full rundown. Um, Sakura name to watch. Kid from Sinton uh, as a catcher. And then, yeah, what happens at the top? Rangers, how, what, if, what if, you know, Wyatt Langford fell on their lap? I mean, he's seen as a guy on par with Dylan Cruz as a player and uh, might be there if, if one of the first three goes high school. Uh, that could drop one of those top-end guys. All right, we'll come back. We will reset the top stories. We'll, some people are asking who are watching on the Twitch channel where Ty go. We'll explain that coming back because we've got Cam Parker running the ship. Uh, we come back. It's Beanie on the Horn. It's Bucky and Aaron. Wrapping up a busy Friday. Longhorns pick to win the Big 12. You and I are in agreement that uh, yes, they should be picked to win the Big 12. Absolutely. And I think K-State being right there behind them is right on point. And then it's uh, Oklahoma, based on pretty easy schedule for them in 2023. Could be a bounce-back year for Brett Venables. Got a couple practice games before. And don't sleep on Lubbock, because it all goes through Lubbock with Most Joe Most of the Joe time McGuire. it goes through there with Joe, Joey McGuire, yes. Well, since he's gotten there a year and a half ago. Also, TCU probably has the most bulletin board material after their season a year ago playing for a national championship being picked fifth. There's reasons for that, but you know coaches, Buck. There's some, somewhere Sonny Dykes is saying... Look at this, guys, up on the bulletin board. Didn't we beat that Didn't team, we, that group over there, and that five, group? And Texas is one? That's weird. That's strange. We also had the story of Victor Winbanyama and his team versus Britney Spears. We we did some uh, deep Zapruder film we research really to discover that I think Britney Spears is lying about 
I think she was being a little bit of a ferocious cat trying to get. She did the, get hit in the face, or her she face. might have deserved it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, the, the TMZ eyewitness said she was. She kept trying and to who get do to we him. trust? We trust TMZ. Yeah. We have our. Trust. She acted like she was just. She was just walking up and tapping on his shoulder. Anybody that's buying news, we and also for it. and we'll get into this next week because uh, you know golf. You know the the, the open championship is uh, the following week, right? Am I yes. right about this? Cam Parker's running our show today because Ty ran out of gas. Yeah, Ty just got tired. Yeah, he just uh, yeah, he has dog problems. <laughs> dog problems. Next oh. week's the Scottish Open. After that, it will be the okay. So two weeks. The British Open. That's right. Th- third week of. But the uh, ladies are at Pebble Beach, which that's is right. nice. Yeah. Late at night, you can watch the ladies play. Watch any Roseanne, Bucky? Yeah, I am. I like her. I, yeah. I like. I like. She's got a great attitude. She's got a. She's very confident about her abilities, but she's got a resume that says she should be confident about yeah. her abilities. She's pretty damn good. Yeah. Tempo for days. Yeah. Tempo. Well, that's that. I, I, that's what I was telling Buck. I like watching women's golf because it's it's really how us amateur golfers should be. That's how we should be exactly. swinging. Yeah, and it's very interesting. We should be practicing how, our swings like they do. How Tiger and and the rest of the 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 fantastic men have played on Pebble Beach talk about how that golf course was meant for the ladies. It's sort of you know the big bombers these days. It's not they overpower that course. They overpower that course, but the ladies they they hit shots that are just. Well, just made well, for the way a, that's, that's playing. There isn't a if you like the game of golf, and I know Cam, you're a huge golf fan. I mean, the, the ladies still play the game like the course was built to play it. Right, like par fives are three shot holes, and that's right. Long long irons into long par fours. Play and your wedges. You're right. That's where your golf used to be, but now with the power of these players, or if you're just old like me, that's the way it's going to well, be. And the ball and the technology have they just overpower these courses and you know Rory McIlroy just hits it up over top of everything and chips it up there with a wedge yep that's not how that course was designed but you can see kind of see some old school golf and it and for you golfers out there copy a woman's swing when you're trying to look for swings yes you, to, as Cam said tempo for days but the big story is that uh in golf is the drama between Brooksy, Brooks Kepka Brooksy again tough guy Brooks maybe he's a bully but uh, Brooks Kepko absolutely unloaded on his uh, live golf teammate Matthew Wolf, and he. How about this quote to Sports Illustrated? I mean, when you quit on your round, you give up and stuff like that. That's not competing. Uh, he's the captain of that team, by the way. He's not real happy, and he said, "I'm not a big fan of that. You don't work hard. It's very tough. It's very tough to even have to be in a team dynamic when you've got one guy that won't work, one guy that's not going to give any effort. He's going to quit on the course, break clubs, get down." Bad body language. It's very tough. Play, you're only playing 54 holes. Come on, guys. Let's go. I've basically given up on him. A lot of talent, but, I mean, that talent's wasted. Dang. That's yeah, brutal. he's had some – He's had some. Wolf has had some issues, some mental issues. Really? Yeah, so be careful there, Brooksy. Don't well, bully him too much. Well, look, I mean, live golf. I mean, there was going to be obvious – and I'm not saying Matthew is this because Matthew's a very talented player. Yes, but he ta- is. But, uh, Cameron, you said you saw him play at the match play, and he had to go get more golf balls from his car. Is that right? Yeah, he sent Cole Hammer out, former UT golfer, to go out into the player's parking lot to get a sleeve of balls because by the 11th tee, he had hit all six of his golf balls out of bounds against Jordan Spieth. Come on, man. Into the water. Lady Bird Lake, man. No, that's well. He's obviously struggling, and the game can get away from you like that. But you know, here's Brooks Kepka saying he's just not working on it, y'all. I mean, that's that's the thing, right? You can lose the game, you can lose confidence, but there's there's his teammate saying he's just not putting in the time. Yeah, doesn't he understand how much money we make at Live Golf? Come well, that's on, y'all. the thing. That was an argument against Live for some was, you know, you're going to get all that money up front. What's what's going to get you to the range? What's going to make you want to go to the range? 
But you figure with his young age, he would still have that hunger. For the other guys like Lee Westwood, Phil Mickelson, sure, you're taking your, your check and you're riding off to the sunset. For Matt Wolf, remember, he came out and he was firing on the PGA Tour. That's right. And he lost his oh, he game. Was, he was like the college player of the year. Him and Victor Hovland. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I'm serious. But, that, you know, I would say, just in predicting who's going to take the money and all of a sudden say, man, I don't have, I'm set, done, you know, win, Phil. work. Yeah. No, I would have guessed a younger player more than an older player because those older players, they're already, they're already trained in their habits. I mean, they, they, this is how they go about their business. They've been doing it their whole lives. And to win on the PGA Tour and to compete at the highest levels like a Dustin Johnson or Brooks Kepley, you have to put in that time. But if you're Matthew Wolf and you're just beginning and you had been, but now all of a sudden they give you this pot of money, it's like, ah, sweet. And you're a little more immature, right? Call you're not out. there yet. Call them out, Brooksy. Brooks did. And, yeah, and Matthew Wolf responded by saying it was heartbreaking. Heartbreak. It was heartbreaking? Yeah. Really? Very sad. Really there, Mathis? Took the high road a little bit, but Brooks did not. Brooks said, you're, no. you're not working hard enough, dude, and you can't quit on rounds. Can't do that. Can't quit on the team. I say that to some of the guys I play with sometimes. Maybe you do this camp, too. When they, like, my, my, I, I go to the range a lot. I, play, I actually hit, the, hit driving range balls more than I play golf because I just like to hit balls. It's kind of relaxing for me. But I got guys that we go out there and start throwing clubs. And I was like, dude, when was the last time you went to the driving range? When was the last time you practiced There you golf? go, E. You get on them. You know what I did for my birthday? The boys gave me a little gift card. Uh-huh. Guess what I did? I went and bought some good markers so that they can mark their balls with colors now so they don't come out of the woods like they got it teed up. There it is. Oh, that, that, oh, oh that's green. Oh, yeah. That, is it, it's got a little green oh, dot amazing. on it. Better have a dot on it. Dropping balls out of their golf pockets. Oh, no. It's like, oh, this is my ball. I got it. That chance, yeah. Golf's hard enough. And if you're just going to play and never practice, just go out and have fun. That's Drink true. a couple of Bud Lights. And just play me for money but, but, then. And, but, and, you know, you can't start throwing clubs. No. If you never practice. By the way, golf clubs cost a lot of money. You don't even need to throw your golf clubs. I don't throw clubs. Yeah, I got Matthew Wolf. or Brittany Spears. Step Come it up. Brittany. Fuck, have a good weekend. You too, guys. Be safe. Thank you to Jonathan Mayo and Dustin McComas. Two great baseball conversations, MLB draft and all-star game coming. Thank you to Cam Parker for Thank you, finishing, the, finishing the race. Because kind of like Matthew Wolf, Ty Henderson. You get, ran out of gas. Bailed out. Quit on his round. By the way, you ran out on the donuts yesterday. Why did, why did you have to give in? Hey, man, Jeff hooked me up with the wrong donuts, man. You needed Krispy Kreme and thinner Krispy Kreme, yeah. Rematch. Rematch. He gave you honey buns. That's what he gave you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we'll be back. On Monday morning, 6 a.m., Light the Tower with Cam and Jeff Howe coming next. Chad and Zay through the midday ball. Don't lie. Every hour of this show, if you missed it, go back and listen. Podcast, hornfm.com.